0: Take thou authority to preach the gospel. Indeed, I look upon all the world as my parish." Hello and welcome to our latest episode of Field Preachers. I'm Rachel Gilmore, your host, and I'm sharing with you today a special podcast that was recorded before all of the shelter-in-place orders that were issued in March around our nation. Uh, And I'm doing that because our digital church planting training will start next week. And one of our first presenters is Luke Edwards. And Luke won't have time to share all of his backstory, his journey, his call into ministry, uh, his first experience with the Fresh Expressions movement. He won't be able to do that in the training, but he did that in February for this podcast. So I want to offer it up to you now, and I hope you learn as much from Luke's story as I did. Um, I met Luke, what, it's been like almost a year, mm-hmm. right, since Pennsylvania. Um, and then I saw you again at a Fresh Expressions training, and right. I want everyone to know more about you and what you've done and your story. So tell us, you know, where you're from, what kind of planting you've been up uh-huh. to.
1: Um, so I'm a provisional elder in the Western North Carolina Conference, uh, and I uh, recently changed appointments. I'm working at the conference office. Uh, as the Associate Director of Church Development, and uh, I'm in charge of Fresh Expressions and Dinner Churches. Uh, But just six months ago, I was at King Street Church, which is a campus of Boone United Methodist Church, and a network of Fresh Expressions. Um, So that's where I've been for uh, eight years before that.
0: Okay, so something I think is so important we haven't done yet on any of our Field Preachers podcasts is talk about Fresh Expressions. What on earth is a Fresh Expression?
1: So, Fresh Expression is a a new form of church for folks that wouldn't come to church on Sunday mornings. So, uh, it's incarnational. They uh, exist in places and in spaces where uh, people are already gathering, um, and they gather in ways that uh, are more familiar to to folks outside of the church. So, um, they could be in a coffee shop or at a park or a dog park or a pub. Um, usually they're smaller gatherings, uh, than a typical Sunday morning. Um, but the idea is trying to be church with folks, uh, who wouldn't come to church on Sunday morning. So it's, uh, kind of a non-traditional, uh, way of being church, but, um, we gather around scripture. We, um, begin to add more elements of church as, uh, the gathering matures together and people, uh, form relationships and, and growing, uh, their faith. And we, uh, start to look more and more like a church as the time goes on.
0: So where did this like whole concept of Fresh Expressions come from?
1: Yeah, so it started in the Anglican and Methodist Church uh, in England, um, and it started around 2004. Um, and uh, the Anglican Church had noticed that their society was going a lot more secularized, the attendance was down. And they also noticed that there was uh, this kind of movement of the Holy Spirit happening uh, where folks were gathering in new new ways and being the church in new ways. Uh, And so they invested a lot of uh, time and resources into um, kind of looking into what these gatherings were like. Um, They looked into the changing dynamics of society um, and uh, something that they realized in their kind of sociological study was that uh, people gather less geographically. Um, in the information age, in the digital age, and we gather more, uh, with people that we have share an interest with, um, or people that we share a uh, third place with, um, a place where, um, like a coffee shop or a pub or something like that. So, uh, so they decided that, um, they would pour resources into planting churches into these networks, into these shared interests. So, um. Fresh Expressions with joggers or sh- Fresh Expressions with single moms, Fresh Expressions um, with folks with a, a shared interest. Um, and then they also have started uh, Fresh Expressions in in these different third places. So now there's like thousands in the UK.
0: Wow. So when you started Fresh Expressions at King Street, like what did that look like? Where did you go? What was that process? Mm-hmm.
1: So our uh, my senior pastor at the time, I was the missions director. Um, he Took me out to lunch and had talked to somebody about uh, starting a new campus of Boone UMC on King Street, which is the downtown area of Boone. Uh, Boone's a, a college town, about twenty thousand full time residents, twenty thousand college students, um, and so uh, most of the churches had moved off of the King off of King Street, off the downtown area, and sold their property to the university and build uh, kind of bigger properties off a few miles away. Uh, So Boon C had done that in 2000 and several other churches had too. And so, um, he had had, um, conversation with someone who suggested that we look into starting a campus on King street. And so he asked me if I'd be interested in leading that. Uh, and I had been the missions director and had been doing, um, a lot of local missions. Um, and we had learned about empowerment and about, um, Christian community development, um, and all that kind of stuff. And had tried to incorporate that into our local missions, but we're just having a lot of trouble breaking beyond charity, um, kind of one way giving dynamic. And so I was ready to try to do something else and try to, um, to form community more than to, uh, kind of serve in a one way.
0: Something more relational and not transactional like most of our churches. Wow. So where did you start? Where was the first Fresh Expression? So the
1: first one, uh, as soon as I kind of got the green light to, to get started, I started asking folks um, who I should talk to that was involved with the King Street community. we got a lot of pubs, a lot of coffee shops, restaurants, um, small businesses. Um, and so the uh, associate pastor of Boon told Manny to talk to Elizabeth. And Elizabeth uh, is uh, this awesome lady who's, uh, she cusses like a sailor, but all the the same sentence, she cusses at you, she'll ask you how she can pray for you. Um, and so she uh, was this really faithful uh, woman to the folks at, on King Street. And so um, I had lunch with her or a coffee with her at a coffee shop on King Street. And we got interrupted at least a dozen times in like 30 minutes um, by folks that sh- that she knew their stories and asked them about how their lives were. And so I was like, well, this this is the person that we need to... Uh, to start this with and so
0: a person of peace, right? Yeah. Like in our mm-hmm. church planting lingo.
1: Yeah. So that was uh me and her just started brainstorming how we could form a new Christian community uh, in downtown Boone and um we decided that we would have uh some potlucks for a summer and just see where it went. And um, that first group um we gathered uh probably ten folks um who were interested in faith that were um, not going to church, uh, but wanted to talk about faith, Wanted to talk about life, wanted to be vulnerable, wanted to, um, build a community. And so that was our first fresh expression that took shape was a lot of young twenties, somethings, Um, and then just a really interesting mix. And that was our first one. Eventually started meeting at the Boone Saloon. Um, and it met there for several years. Um, and it's, um, taken different kind of seasons, but now it's meeting another pub on King Street called Ransom.
0: Wow. So something I think a lot of people aren't aware of is, well, there's like two things. One is this has been a really, really great way for churches to find revitalization, right? New energy, have new connections to help other people grow closer to God. But like the main problem I've experienced, you tell me if this is right or wrong, but in people's minds, they're like, okay, let's start a dinner church, let's start a messy church, let's meet in Boone Saloon. But if we're there Friday night, I want them in church on Sunday morning and come fall, they better fill out a pledge card, right? Is that the point? Is that ever an expectation of fresh expression that all these people come on Sundays, they give, they become active in the church?
1: No. <laughs> 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 yeah, you're correct. Um, yeah, so the the goal of uh of starting a fresh expression as a church cuz all of our fresh expressions in the Western North Carolina Conference are anchored to a church to a traditional church. Um and so the goal is to extend the church into the community into places where your church can't uh reach. So we had communities uh that were being built in a pub, we had a community built in a coffee shop, in a homeless shelter, in a county jail. Um it was folks that wouldn't come to church on Sunday mornings. They came a few times with me. Um, but they felt really uncomfortable. It wasn't their place, but, uh, they were a part of Boone UMC and Boone UMC. Um, it didn't take them long to feel, uh, like King street church was theirs. Um, and that they were really proud of it. They were really grateful that we were doing that work. Um, so one of the things that, um, that I noticed is that like, we were meeting in a pub and this little like old lady came up to me on Sunday morning at Boone MC and gave me this big hug and said, I'm so glad that you're doing what you're doing. I was like, Do you know that I'm in a bar? <laughs> like <laughs> like drinking a beer with <laughs> with people on Sunday night. Uh, but what I realized was that folks at Boone MC had kids or grandkids that weren't going to church that they could picture go to King Street Church. Whether they are going or not to ours, they could see it in their mind. So they could feel that That empathy and that that's, that was why they really um, appreciated it, and um, because they knew that people they love aren't going to church, but they might come to something like they might come to a fresh expression.
0: Well, what I love about your story is it shows what's typical in in a lot of the healthy fresh expressions I've seen, and that is you started not as a clergy. It's not like you were the pastor, and the pastor has to start all of these. You're a provisional elder now, but you weren't when your journey began. Um, And my understanding, so correct me if I'm wrong, is most fresh expressions are the ones that multiply and reach the most people are lay-led, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. so ideally um, a clergy might be able to start one fresh expression kind of on top of what they're already doing, um, or they could help start a network of, of fresh expressions, but yeah, ideally they're lay-led, um, and when they are lay-led, then um, you can start more, so like Mitch Marcello is in Pennsylvania, and he's got like I think 13 or 14 uh, Fresh Expressions that he's supervising. He leads one or two, and then he's got a team of folks that he leads that are leading the other ones.
0: So um, if you're the pastor of a church and you're like, oh my gosh, I want to try Fresh Expressions, but I can't start them. How do you find the laity that feel confident enough to create this faith community in their community, out, yeah, outside so, of the walls of the church?
1: Yeah, so I think... I look for the people kind of on the edge of the church. So it's probably not your like chair of finance committee. That's going to (laughs) start a fresh expression. It's probably the people that like are coming in late and sneaking out early. It might be the people that are coming once a month or like Elizabeth, she would come to Booney MC, but like once every three months, you know, and like Mm. she would send, uh, Vern the pastor like a snarky text about how his sermon was too long or something, you know, (laughs) like that's the kind of people the the people that have one foot in the church and one foot in the community. Mm. Um, the people who can like turn off the Christianese language, uh, the people that are already have a lot of friends outside of the church. Those are like the really easy, um, leaders to identify, but it, it can be anyone. Um, one of my favorite fresh expression stories comes from, uh, a, one of the denominational leaders in, um, I think it's the United church in Australia. But he talks about these two elderly women who came to a fresh expressions training and started, uh, cooking class for widowers. Um, and so they brought together, uh, these, uh, a group of a dozen widowers who didn't know how to cook because their wives had cooked for them their whole lives. Uh, and they taught them how to cook so they didn't have to do eat microwave meals. And then they would eat the dinner together after they learned how to cook it. Um, and then talk about faith after that. So it it doesn't have to be the, like the cool person or something too. It's anybody (laughs) can can do it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Um, and I, and I like that you mentioned, you know, the prayer aspect. A question that we get a lot at Path One is, okay, I'm starting a fresh expression. I'm in a dog park and I ask people if, if they need me to pray for them. But like, what do we do next? Like, what does it mean to make disciples? What would be your word of advice to mm-hmm.
1: them? So the most helpful thing that I think came out of the fresh expressions movement in England is something called the Fresh Expressions Journey. You can Google it and it'll uh, come up. Um, but it's the six steps to start a fresh expression. And they're not like a one, two, three real clean steps. But uh, the first one's listening. So it's listening to your community, um, listening to uh, to God and where God's calling you. Then uh, loving and serving is about building relationships. And so, so we can run with the dog park. So you start by listening to your community. You see a lot of people have dogs. They go to this dog park. So loving and serving, you start going to the dog park yourself with your dog. And you just start having one-off conversations with people. You get to know people's names. They get to know your name. It's just kind of building some relationships. And it might take six months of that. Um, And the next step is building community. And so that um, looks like building a a more regular kind of gathering of people. Um, And so you might uh, say uh, every Tuesday, let's meet back at the dog park and just uh, we'll we'll have... uh, lunch or we'll have coffee or something, you know, just kind of build a community identity. Um, and then the step after that is exploring discipleship. And so, uh, you're looking for opportunities for conversations about faith to happen. Um, and if you're praying for it, then they, they just tend to happen, you know, and people ask, uh, like, what, what are you hoping to do here? And you say, I'm looking to have conversations about faith or, um, I want to, uh, yeah, have Uh, form a community that can talk about faith and talk about life, uh, stuff like that. Um, And so um, from the building community aspect, um, say you had a running club or you have the uh, gathering at the dog park, um, then you look for opportunities to have those conversations, but then also you might start to get a group of people that you know want to talk about faith. Um, And so uh, you can say, all right, on Thursdays we're going to, about a scripture All um, our dogs run around um, and that's that exploring discipleship phase and then church taking shape as you've got a group that's growing in discipleship you start to add more elements of church um, so you, you pray together uh, at the beginning or at the end of your gathering you um, if you're a lay person you invite your pastor to come and serve communion once a month or, uh, or you um, yeah, find other uh, elements of church to add to that. You do a service project and um, start to live out God's mission as a group. Stuff like
0: that. Well, bring in dog food, right, and yeah. bring it to the local shelter. Yeah, like, there we're going to save Fido, right? <laughs> um, that's really cool. So, I like that you mentioned. Um, you know, in Western North Carolina, there was like this tethering or anchoring to a traditional church in town. Um, why is that important? And and how do you do that in a healthy way where the mm-hmm. pastor really does know what's going on and the fresh expression knows that they're loved and prayed for by mm-hmm. this existing church?
1: Um, I think it's important because, one, it's it's a, a layer of accountability. Um, so I think, uh, especially with a, a smaller group and uh, one that's kind of uh, outside of a traditional um, kind of institutional accountability to have to be tethered or something. So like with King street church, folks knew that we were a part of Booney MC. If something fishy started happening, they could talk to somebody over there. Um, so I think that's important. Also, um, there was spiritual support. There was leadership support. Um, and then I think, um, it's also important cause it's, uh, anchors us into our like deeper tradition. So, um, like there's a lot of organic church type stuff out there. Um, but I think what makes fresh expressions unique is that it is thoroughly denominational that, um, that we're not trying to start something out of spite of the traditional church. We're trying to start something to extend, uh, our tradition into places where we wouldn't be able to reach. So like fresh expressions use like a lake and a river, uh, metaphor. So like, the traditional church, the anchor church, is like a lake. It's deep. It can like withstand drought. It can uh, like uh, it's it's big, bigger, and and like like has more depth, you know. But a a river can get to hard to reach places. It might dry mm-hmm. up in the in a drought. It might change directions with a, a flood. Uh, but it's gonna uh, it's gonna reach places that the lake would never be able to get to. So, I
0: love that, and um. I think it's important people listen to this podcast and have their churches do it because I found out after I met you, like I was doing, I was doing messy church. I knew that was like a form of fresh expression. But then in light of all that I've learned in the last year, I realized we had this Wednesday night food bank program where about 200 um, households came to receive fresh produce. We had a clothing locker, financial assistance. So like it was busy. There were more people in the building that night than any night. So we needed about 40 volunteers to set up. And most of them were experiencing homelessness or had been and were coming back to help serve. But these 40 people would gather at like 1 or 2 in the afternoon, unload the trucks. But then doors weren't open for shopping and business and guests until about, you know, 5 or 6. So in between then, they would do a Bible study. A laywoman who was in charge of missions would lead a discussion on faith. They would pray. And it became church for them. Do you find that established churches just really don't understand always how to love and embrace those who are part of the fresh expression. Like how do you help navigate folks through that relationship?
1: Yeah, I think there it's a paradigm shift. So it's, I mean, it's, it takes time. Um, and it takes a lot of kind of explaining over and over again, like this is what this is for. This is what it's not for. Um, and I think, um, telling the stories I think helps. Um, and then, uh, letting church members visit, not a ton at once, but to like, yeah. You one ever want be churchy, folks. But, but like, especially like when, with King street church, like I, I would try to tell the stories that were happening. Um, I would tell the senior pastor to put some in the sermons, uh, stuff like that. We had mission minutes where we would, uh, uh, talk about what was happening. Um I think that that helps a lot. But um yeah, I think it it will take time for any church and, and for the overall system to embrace new forms of church as church. Uh it's just it's different. But um if you if you tell the stories and if uh if you can express what's happening, they'll they can see that as church, you know. Um and so I think and I also think what you said too is that a lot of churches are just one step away from having a fresh expression. They've already built community. You might have a basketball league every Thursday night or they might have a, a meal uh, every Tuesday night with people that aren't going to church that are there every week. So, um, yeah, we, we've got a lot of low-hanging fruit in our churches yeah, too. just
0: be intentional about that. Mm-hmm. And what I love, correct me if I'm wrong, like what's the average budget for a fresh expression if a church is like, I'm not paying $8,000 for my pastor Mm -hmm. to drink a beer Thursday nights. Like what's your response?
1: Yeah. I mean, so if it's lay led and if it meets in public, it could be a budget of $0. You (laughs) know, like, yeah. Uh, I mean, some of them like, like a dinner church has a bigger budget because you're cooking. Uh, Messy church has crafts you have to buy, stuff like that. But, um, but a lot of fresh expressions don't cost anything. Uh, It's just time and relationship building. Wow.
0: So what, um, When you were in the midst of Fresh Expressions, or even now as you're engaged in training, which like Western North Carolina, Florida, like these are the annual conferences to look at where it's really exploding. Um, what was your biggest challenge and the biggest blessing that came from a Fresh Expression?
1: Um, so the most surprising challenge I'll start with that one (laughs) was we I talked about our group that met at the Boone Saloon, this great group of folks that um, were on the fringes of church, you know, so they, uh, they were, uh, hadn't been in church or had never been in church. Um, and so we had this awesome group, really good conversations, really good vulnerability happening. And then the local paper wrote an article about what we were doing. And we had a sudden influx of people that are already involved in churches, Mm -hmm. whether it's all our church or other churches. Um, and it, the dynamic shifted really quick to kind of churchy language, Christianese, like, um and the we had people start start leaving that had been a part of it for the past year and it was really killer and i wow. um we learned to that we kind of had to be protective of our group um and to have conversations with people before they came to create the expectations of what it was um cuz they brought their understanding of church into that space and it wasn't what the reality of what we were trying to be um and and so yeah the It was a pretty big challenge telling people that, like, hey, we don't – this isn't really for you. (laughs) This is really (laughs) awkward.
0: Um, Isn't church a place for everybody? Well, not every kind of church is a place for everybody. Right.
1: uh, Yeah. But they don't teach you that in seminary, how to turn people away.
0: (laughs) I know. Gosh, in the Methodist church right now, it's like, you're breathing. Come, (laughs) There's room for you. But, yeah, when more churchy folks – I know, like, in church planting, when I would host events – you know, the rule was at least 60% of the people have to be like not attached. Otherwise they'll feel like trapped, like, oh gosh, this is mm-hmm. a bait and switch. You're trying to baptize me tonight in the bar. And I'm just mm-hmm. here to talk about faith in general, not first Corinthians or whatever it is. Right.
1: The folks are bringing up. What um, was the other half of your so,
0: question? Um, the biggest blessing.
1: The biggest blessing. Uh, it's just, so uh, Jonathan Wilson Hartgrove and... Uh, his writing talks about surprising friendships. So it's the friendships that you would never guess you would have, you know, not the ones where you're like exactly the same as the person, but like, uh, the people that you're like, how, how on earth am I friends with this person? That, that was the blessing for me. Like I just got to be friends with people that were in very different, uh, life circumstances that, uh, and I got to learn from them and, uh, to, to grow alongside them. So like I got to, um, to, to, friends with people that were, um, in the county jail. I got to be friends with folks that were experiencing homelessness, um, folks that were in recovery and just to, to learn from them, to, um, be inspired by them, to support them and them to support me. Um, is yeah, just, uh, really beautiful and, and, um, yeah, made me, uh, who I am and, and, and yeah, made me, grow in ways that I would have never grown if I had just spent time with people exactly the same as me.
0: So if someone's listening to this podcast and they're like, I want to do this, like I'm ready. What should be their next step? Where do they go?
1: Yeah. I mean, you can just start going down a fresh expressions, Google <laughs> <laughs> tandem for a while. Uh, fresh expressions uh, is the national organization. Um, and that's a, a good place to start. Um, there's a national gathering coming up in April, uh, that uh, you could attend in Virginia and rest in Reston. Uh, it's April 1st through 3rd. Um, yeah. I mean, you can uh, feel free to, to reach out to me or to uh, folks in your conference that, you know, are doing fresh expressions. Um, there's vision days that happen throughout the country, uh, which is like a six hour introduction to fresh expressions. Um, and then just a handful of really good books. So Bishop Ken Carter wrote a fresh expression book with Audrey Warren. Um, for the Methodist kind of tradition. So that's a really good one to start with. Michael Beck's got a good one um, on kind of the dynamics of a traditional church starting Fresh Expressions uh, called uh, Wild, Deep Roots, Wild Branches. Mm-hmm. Um, Travis Collins' little introduction, Fresh Expression book. So those are some good uh, places good to start.
0: out there. Wow, that's amazing. It's been so exciting to learn more about you, what you did, what you're doing now in Western North Carolina. Just... What fresh expressions is, because I think people hear that term a lot, but they really don't know. And I love that you shared it's not that you're creating a separate church or a separate denomination. And that's why, you know, it's not like a copyrighted term to say I have a fresh expression of my church. I've got mm-hmm. to register it somewhere with you guys. You don't just celebrate it and, yeah. and what God's doing in your midst. So, um, any final parting words of wisdom or warning as people <laughs> go out and try to meet new people in new places?
1: Uh, I think just uh kind of think about who you are who you're drawn to um to to really spend a lot of time listening uh the warning piece would be to um to yeah not rush into moving into the discipleship stage but to take your time and to build uh relationships and um yeah that uh it's a it's a really fun it can can be a really fun adventure to Um, to form new relationships, form new communities, um, to uh, follow the Holy Spirit into the neighborhood. It's fun.
0: That's amazing. I'm so excited that I got to meet you a year ago and that you agreed to come and let me grill you uh, for this episode of Field Preachers. So, blessings on you and your ministry. Field Preachers Podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.